posh butlins surrounded by Germans. <laughs> Means I did flash dance for comic relief. That's an obscure reference that people are gonna be YouTubing later. And you want me to pay you for the privilege of doing that? Yes. How does that work then? On today's Engaging Marketeer podcast, I am speaking to a fellow nerd, a marketing expert named Ross Brown, who is one of the biggest Doctor Who fans I have ever met. Uh, during this podcast interview, we are going to be discussing a little bit of Doctor Who uh, and apologize for that in advance. <laughs> just live with it. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about marketing and how businesses need to get their name out there and what they need to do to essentially get more sales. And I will be warned, we are of a similar age, so therefore we do have a little bit of a whinge about all the things that go wrong with marketing. So again, apologies for that one in advance. I was curious about you being a journalist. That's where I started. Yeah, I mean, what what, how, what sort of training did you do to be a journalist, and what did you like about it? Are we actually starting now? Is this it? <laughs> oh, is, 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 you know, well, you know, I don't like to give anybody any sort of warning about when this is starting. Yeah, I, 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 yeah okay. I, you know, I won't lie to you. We started when you came on, so... Thank God we're not live, so I you know, can actually I, edit some of this rubbish out. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> he thinks well, I'm going to edit. All right, edit. well... All right, so the, the the official, if we're actually doing this for real, um, I always wanted to be a journalist ever yeah. since I was a little kid. Um, all my teachers used to say, you know, when I used to write essays or whatever from, you know, because I, I grew up in Bradford where it was still three schools, first, middle and upper. So, you know, so when I was in middle school, so um, 11, 12 and started writing long form things, they're like, yeah, he's very good. He does write like a journalist, doesn't he? And I had no idea what the bloody hell they were talking about at the time. Did they know what they were talking about? I was about? just writing. Well, I, well, in, in that I didn't understand what was different about the way I was writing that made it like a journalist as opposed to doing my schoolwork. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's when I realised that these were the guys who did exciting things and run around the place with, you know, fedoras on with little things sticking out saying press on. Oh, that's what I thought. Anyway, um, so yeah, so when I, I went to uh, uni and did communication studies, so yeah. Analyzing Blade Runner, that kind of thing. Um, I had a choice of going to Edinburgh, a college just in Edinburgh, or going to what the time was uh, Bournemouth Tech or Bournemouth Poly, whatever it was. And everyone went, You're going to Edinburgh. With hindsight, if I'd gone to Bournemouth, they'd have tied with the BBC and I'd probably be a producer on BBC Radio now, but went to Edinburgh. Uh, and I just used it as an excuse to learn how to do lots of things, um, whether it be editing videos, putting together. I don't know. Do you remember Hypercard? Hi, what, what's Hypercard? Hypercard. It was on a. It was a Mac program. It. It was like a, it used an early version of um, HTML essentially to animate things. So it was cross between HTML and PowerPoint. Right. Yeah. Very big in the uh, early nineties. So it, I learned how to use things, multimedia stuff, but also, you know, help set up the student magazine. And was editor of that. Wrote for a couple of um, uh, sort of arts magazines in Scotland. So as soon as I got back, finished, came back home to Yorkshire. It was fairly obvious it was you know a job in journalism. Briefly considered doing the NCTJ, which is like the official accreditation, like PGCE, but for journalism. Mm -hmm. uh, but was basically told, "Do you need to know shorthand?" No, that's pretty much all they're going to tell you. I'm sure lots of people would disagree with that. <laughs> um, but um, then got um, my first job as 
uh, deputy editor of Business in Yorkshire, which wasn't quite as bad as you'd imagine, because lots of those magazines now are, give us 100 quid, we'll print your press release. This actually was a decent magazine. No, we'll print your press release if it's any good. Yes, don't get me wrong, we'll also give you a very long feature about how wonderful you are based on how many pages of adverts you can bring in, but fairly unbiased. So, yes, did that. Then went off to a big newspaper group uh, to help them set up a business paper and then crossed over to the dark side and was attracted to PR. Mm. Wasn't quite sure what it was, but it, it, it paid better. Journalism's great when you're writing for Fleet Street or if you're Boris Johnson rolling around in a quarter of a million pound Daily Telegraph column or something like that. But most journalists are not very very well paid. But also PR, marketing, it, it got it tapped into my creativity a bit more. So it got me excited about the different things, not just writing words, kind of the ideas to help people sell more stuff, basically. Mm. So, yeah. I remember you telling me a story yesterday when we spoke briefly that some you'd ask somebody one question and 23 minutes later they're still talking. I'm very sure I'm not going to do that. I'm, 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 no one is ever going to do that again. No one's ever going to do that again. Um, and apologies if you are that person listening to this podcast. Oh, the, you said nothing negative about them as well. You no, just said no. it was great she could just sit back and listen. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, and, and I didn't know what what on earth was going on but yeah it, it was yeah that that was a, a very unique experience um uh, which so, i won't mention again which which <laughs> no bring it up as many times as you like it's fine no it, 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 so it makes, well, that's what the edit that's what the edit's for exactly it makes the editing interesting and i do love to edit i, I genuinely do like to edit yeah but, but I, I i i i do but i like to edit creatively not to fix problems yeah, yeah, all right. Creative editing yeah, is great, but when, tends when, to have to fix problems with it. Yeah, because when, when I, because obviously I've been to been to film school as well. And, and oh while, yes, I while, thought about that, darling. Yes. While while you were analysing Blade Runner, our film school, we we actually analysed it. We, no, not that. No, no, our film school, we analysed films that weren't quite as credible as that. It was um, License to Kill. Okay, yeah. a great film. Yeah, yeah. The dangling over the shark. It's an absolutely um, quality yeah. film with, with Timothy Dalton. Um, one of the best Bonds, and I will fight anybody who says otherwise. But no, the, well, it, I think wasn't his very first action to punch somebody in the face as uh, Bond. Was that right at the right at the beginning of the Living Daylights? Uh, I think it, it is. It's, it's quite possible. He was a very brutal Bond. No, oh, but it, 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 we genuinely analysed License to Kill, but there was just one bit in it where they, they showed us how the editing worked mm. and how... Bond pushed the, I can't remember the actress's name, pushed her onto the bed and got the gun out of her holster from on her, on her thigh. And they showed the, the different shots of that and how it was edited to make Bond look really slick. When in fact he was, when you look at the shot really carefully, he was fumbling for it and couldn't do it. Yeah. And it was all made in the editing. And that's one of the, the things that really astounded me about film editing. So I like to do mm. stuff creatively. And our film lecturer would always say, you should always make room for happy accidents. Yes which was a lovely phrase I liked at the time. I thought it was rude, but no, no, it was a lovely phrase. And it was, you can do lots of creative stuff with editing or you can repair things that have gone badly mm. wrong. And it, it's but the that's, same. That, I must admit, I often think, yeah, the director, direct, you know, the writer writes it, director directs it, but it's the editor who makes it. Mm. Because they can make a film or completely mess it up. You know, by, like you say, they can change the pace, they can make things look a lot slicker. Um, you know, all the rubbish that ends up on the cutting room floor there's a reason why director cuts, director's cuts don't tend to be as good as mm. the original film. There's a reason why they were cut, and it wasn't just to save time. It's because that made it for a better... 
But yeah, for the same reason, I, I do like editing. We, we talked about it briefly yesterday. We have uh, different attitudes towards sound, don't we? We, yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, you, you like to do the, the visual first, and I was doing the audio first. Um, hmm. Not because I think it's the right way to do it. I think yours is the quicker way to do it, but I've just not done it that way yet. So I may do it with this. Every day. I, I may do it with this podcast and then be cursing you at a later date. Beast. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nothing unusual there, then. <laughs> so w- when you were a, a journalist, yes, did, sir. Uh, with running around with your fedora and your press... Yeah, sign sticking Obviously. out the top I'm of your... a Mac. The Mac. And, and, and the pen, the pencil, sorry. Of course, of course. Shouting, press, yeah. let me in. Um, yeah. did, did, were you, did, did you break anything interesting? I don't mean like a leg or an arm. I mean... <laughs> yes, I know where you're coming from. No, I was a business journalist. I'd be... Um, I mean, it was various business magazines sort of regionally. Uh, and then I was freelance for a few years. But I'd be the guy who'd write for... Oh, I don't know. Potato Weekly, you know, uh, Works Management. All right, Potato Weekly, make it up. Uh, works Management Magazine, Engineering Magazine, Industry Magazine. And the editor, either in isolation or with a bit of input, input from me, would say, I want a 1,500-word article about X this month. Uh, might be uh, the latest developments in team bonding and HR and that kind of thing. Here's a couple of leads from press releases we've had over the last six months. Uh, come back to and when you got it, so I was I was more a feature writer than a news writer. But mm. I like that because I think you can put some of your personality into it. Uh, I know one of the best gigs I got was writing for Lighting and Sound International, because we, we may discuss it later. I have a, a dim and distant um, a backstory in, in DJing. Was was that a pun? What Lighting and Sound International? Lighting and Sound International, dim and distant. Yes, it was. Yes, because I'm that clever. I but, think about these things so far ahead. So you're writing puns on the fly, and yeah. Oh, mate, what can I say? And no, I'm claiming credit for writing puns on the fly. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. But they sent me to Turkey for the weekend. The weekend, a two-venue weekend. I got the train from Leeds down to Heathrow on a Thursday. Friday lunchtime, flew out to Istanbul. Had about 15 minutes to walk across Istanbul Airport for my next flight to Antalya in the south. Was picked up 10 o'clock at the airport, taken to a load of uh, nightclubs to show what a thriving nightclub industry it had and to write about it. Uh, was um, probably consumed my own body weight in alcohol because it was free and I was in my early 20s. I can do such things at the time. Uh, woke up the next morning with both a headache and in the middle of a posh butlins surrounded by Germans. French, I can just about get get by in. German, nine. <laughs> so luckily I was found by somebody who knew who I was, was then taken back to Antalya Airport, where I discovered I was on standby, spent 12 hours in Antalya Airport, which is pretty much the size of this office I'm in at the moment. <laughs> um, not exciting. Arrived back in Istanbul that night, again about 10, 11 o'clock, taken to a little more um, nightclubs and bars and things, uh, showered with alcohol and free gifts uh, from the nice English journalist who's very important. Uh, and then woke up the next morning, opened my, uh, the shutters of my hotel, and discovered I was literally on the edge of the Bosphorus, which was fabulous to see. I was in Asia, and over there I could see Europe. So that was interesting. And then flew back Sunday evening. So, you know, my friends were saying, 
what are you up to this weekend? I'm off to the pub. I'm going to Turkey. <laughs> so it wasn't all bad, but, you know, those are the kind of things you want to do in your 20s, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I thought I had a good gig because my first proper job was at Game, the, the retailer. Oh, yes. And yeah, yeah. I, I went to a lot of game launches. So I went to game mm. parties in, most of them were in London, and there was one that was for a video game called Strippers, uh, BMX strippers, BMX strippers, triple X or something, or BMX triple X, and there was okay. a yeah, yeah. There, there, there were strippers at the the launch party of the video. Were they game. riding BMXs? Otherwise, I feel it's false advertising. They were not riding BMXs. They were riding poles. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, I... <laughs> sorry, there's an obvious joke there about Polish people. Should we just <laughs> pretend I said it? Yeah, go on. Let's let's pretend okay. you said it. We're, we're, yeah. we're moving. They, were riding, they were riding poles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They were all very. Lech was very happy. Yeah, I was just I was just trying to think of the right Polish name then, but no, no. <laughs> but you beat me to it. Yeah, um, but it, I thought all jobs were going to be like that because when I got my next job after leaving oh. game, I, I was wildly disappointed that I didn't get free video games. I didn't get to play games. I didn't get to write about DVDs, and I didn't get to any stripper launch parties. I was going to say I was wondering if the strippers were going to get mentioned. Yeah. Did you, did you your wife watch this podcast uh, oh at all. yeah yeah she knows she knows yeah yeah um okay, so checking. so you had this this party this this party I can't, i'm obsessed with parties yeah i noticed you had this job as a journalist and yeah. you you were going off to turkey for the weekend paid for that was unusual it, sometimes it was ashby so you know don't think it was turkey every weekend <laughs> well even so that's still nice have you been to ashby no uh, good afternoon to everybody from Ashburn to Lazouche, but uh, yeah, it's not, there's not much there. Yeah, no. but it was the KP factory. That's where I went. I think. Oh, well, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. gonna so, be nuts to think that's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, you get the comedy here. You get the comedy. So, but when you left that and went to another job, were you disappointed that you didn't get those kind of perks, or, or did you? Did you did you climb the ladder and go do even better perks? Well, I, so I went from so by this point I'm late twenties, pushing thirty. Uh, and I was headhunted sounds a bit strong, but it was sort of late nineties and there's that there dot com bubble and I was in Leeds where there was a lot of lot of exciting things going on and most of the marketing agencies didn't understand the first bloody thing about technology. So I got an email going, Hi, I've seen you write a lot on forums and people going, He's the man to speak to about technology and marketing would you be interested in a proper job? And uh, the woman who was my wife back then uh, said, uh, yes, he would be very interested in a proper job on my behalf. Um, so, nice. yeah, did the, did the corporate thing for a year or so uh, and was was a PR person gen- technically, but I was the go-to guy for anything to do with technology in this big 120-strong agency mm. because I understood it. And it was at that point I realised I did understand it. Not just I could quote it, I understood how these things worked, which, I mean, I remember programming my ZX81 back in the early 80s that my oh. dad bought for, yeah, I know, old school. Not even a Spectrum mate, ZX81. And they didn't even have the expansion pack, so the whole 1K to play with. Um, and I remember my dad buying it from W.H. Smith and thinking I could, you know, make my own version of NASA. Mm. And then I'd write 15 lines and it'd be out of memory. But I, I'd always... I've got that left brain, right brain thing going on. I love computers. I love technology, but not for the fact that it does, it's got this chip or that chip or anything. It's what can I do with this thing? What is it that this thing now makes possible that I couldn't do yesterday? Mm. So, you know, we were now having a chat yesterday about video editing. 
I'm a Final Cut guy because I'm on a Mac and you're a Premiere Pro. Now, could you imagine? Yes, you did video editing in the past. I did a little bit, but not quite the same with the old razor blade and cutting it up. But the speed in which we can do things now and the versatility and the effects and everything like that, that's what excites me about technology. But to make some of that happen, I have to learn how to use things. So whether it's building a website, I've had to teach myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, you know, the, all the good stuff. Um, or, you know, whether it's video editing, teach myself how to use Final Cut or Motion or Compressor or something like that. And I've forgotten where we started this question off on. I'm not even sure there was a question, to be honest. No, I don't with think there was. I'm just waffling generally. No, 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 no it, it, it's good. I mean, it, when, when, this is good stuff. It is, it, it is the stuff that people want. When I started video editing, because um, mm. I'm, I'm of an age where I was, to be honest, I'm at the worst possible age. When I was in film school, uh, we were editing using two and three machine high eight and beta cam machines. I've yeah. actually got a beta cam machine on the floor down here because I've got old do. footage from my university days. I want to digitize. Mm. And it was all linear editing. So you do one cut, play it back get your marking point, do the next cut. So you're editing the film linear as you go along. If you want to go back and change something at the beginning, you can't do it. You're stuck with it. And as soon as we graduated, I think it was like two or three weeks after we graduated because we came back in to use the editing equipment again and they charged us, the bastards. They charged us because we were no longer students. I can't believe they did that. They actually got Avid edit suites, digital edit suites in. Ah. So everything we'd learned from a technical standpoint useless and they did the same thing with the dark rooms everything in photography hurts, i don't think it hurts having because you had to go through all the, the understanding of things that you suffering. don't yeah the pain but the things you don't need to know now but if you do know <laughs> they make it they make it easier for you you understand why you do things in a certain way that somebody's just always done digital maybe doesn't get they they do they do but all the practical skills we'd learned the theory yes the practical I'm trying skills, here I know right, yes. I know all the practical skills were useless because everybody's using avids and it's like well, we've never touched these before yeah so what were you doing in university editing uh, tape to tape learning 19th century technology apparently yeah, well yeah yeah it, it was it was bloody bloody useless um so but no, but just I mean I love little things like last week I was doing an edit on something and I just got the timing out slightly on a cut I wanted. And literally, I could just drag the clip I'd just cut. Just drag it left slightly, because it's non-destructive. Mm. Everything was still there. Whereas if I'd done that with that there, razor blade tape, I'd be like, ah, oh, God, I'm going to have to do all that again. I'm going to have to find the three frames I need. Whereas I could just literally just drag something manually. Yeah. Well, Got to love technology. It's worse if you were doing it linear editing, because if you mm. clip the previous shot, you've then got to go back in and edit the previous shot back in before you can put the next one in. How old do we sound about now? I know, we're, we're just two grumpy old bastards complaining about how technology was shit in our day. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, it, it was. Yes, it was. It was. We were on the cusp of something marvellous, and then it all changed. Anyway. Uh, yes, yes. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> so, I went, sort of drifted off in Vietnam, kind of, you know. <laughs> okay, we'll cut in a flashback there. We'll cut in okay. a flashback. Um while I was snooping on your LinkedIn earlier, um, one of the things I saw, which I thought was was quite interesting, is uh, the, the tagline you've got. You, you've no idea what that is now, have you? Helping you sell more tomorrow than you did today. 
through strategy and creative. Yeah, yo, you do know it. Wow, that's incredible. If you ask me what my tagline was, I haven't got a bloody clue. Well, it's the one we I, I use for the business as well. So it's it's one I came up with because it just seemed to sum up what we do in marketing. So what does that mean? We do, you and I do broadly the same things. Mm. We help people sell more stuff. It doesn't matter how you dress it up. doesn't matter what name you put on it. We, you know, company sells X number of widgets. They want to sell Y number of widgets. They give us a lump of money. And as long as they, they make more money than they paid us, they're happy, broadly speaking. Mm. So it was just too many websites and too many people who are in marketing going about, we're bloody wonderful. We've done this. The basic, and I used to have it stuck on a piece of paper above my desk, is don't tell me what you can do. Tell me what you can do for me. And I was amazed by the number of guys, I'll be looking at your website later after this, um, number of people who do what we do. We say we will help you sell, sell more stuff who don't seem to get the basics themselves. And it, it could be a couple of shoes. They're so busy doing it for other people, they don't do it for themselves. So I always make sure that whenever I've written the copy or built the website for you know promoting the company, that it puts it into terminology that people go, right, they get it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do want a nice brochure. Yes, we do want a shiny website. Yes, we do want words of prose to be, to be created to encourage people to buy things from us. But at the end of the day, that is what it's all about. Uh, we, we, you know, your brand concepts are the Yes, so people will be- buy more stuff. You know, uh, so I think helping you uh, sell more tomorrow than you did today. Well, today you're not using us. Tomorrow you will be. So, you know, we can't say we guarantee it because nobody can. Uh, but, you know, we can help you do it. Mm. You know, and by giving us 10 grand, you'll hopefully generate 20 grand. That simple, really. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. There's, You're not nicking it. You I'm, 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 not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not stealing it at all. Um, no, 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 no. I, I might change a word. Uh, no, but there's. Well, copyright office can help you. <laughs> There's, there's too many – well, I see a lot of websites um, that, that talk about what they do. Mm. So let's – IT companies are the worst for this. They are the absolute worst. They will talk about all the years of experience, the technology they've got, the, the different servers they work in, the different speeds they work in, and different memory of whatever bollocks they're, they're, they're talking about. And to most people looking at it, it's completely indecipherable. Mm. No idea what any of that means, and quite frankly, even if I did, no, I wouldn't give a shit anyway. They should be talking about how they make your life mm. simpler, yeah. how they do that for you. But people just don't do it. I don't get – I mean, I know there's a there's a divide between you and I. Uh, I'm a Mac guy, you're a PC guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same, but, you know, we, we, we seem to have got past it. Well, that makes me David Mitchell, according to the adverts, but- Oh, does that mean I'm Robert Webb then? It does. It means I did flash dance for Comic Relief. <laughs> anyway, um, that's an obscure reference that people are going to be YouTubing later. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you go and buy a new Mac or when you see Apple's advertising, it tells you what you can do with it, mm. that you can do this so many times faster that you can create this video, you can do this um, podcast, whatever you may be. It never says, now with a new 2.4 gigahertz chip and this much, because people don't give a shit. No. You know, yes, the technical detail's there, if you're the kind of person who cares, but the fact that I can look online at the Apple website and go, right, 
my computer's getting a bit slow. What's the new one? 2.4 times faster than the old one. Right, there we go. That's all I need to know. Mm. And it's the old uh, it's the old advertising slogan, you know. Oh, the advertising saying, you sell the sizzle, not the sausage. Because nobody cares about the sausage. They want to know, oh, it looks nice, it smells nice. Mm, that'll be tasty. <laughs> they don't want to know it's, you know, 98% cardboard and a bit of meat in it. Because yeah. I'll just ruin it for them. Yeah. And, and to be honest, that, that's the same for, for what we do for SEO, for search engine optimization. Mm. People keep coming to us and asking about keywords. I want to rank on the first page of Google for this technical term to do with my industry. It's like nobody's searching for that because nobody knows what that is. They're and looking for the, the problem Sorry. they've got. Yeah, they're, they're looking for the problem they've got. Yeah. I had a similar thing years ago. Uh, did a website for a big uh, bed manufacturer and retailer. And we were doing the site map and everything else. And we're, well, we need this section four. And I can't remember what they called them. I went, what's that one? Is it home? Divans. Call it divans then. Yeah, but we don't call it divans. You might not do, but everybody else does. I mean, and it was, it was a big development job. So it was six months later when the website went live. And I went, nobody's visiting that page. Well, bugger me, I wonder why. It's because <laughs> nobody knows what it is. Should we call it divans? It's a crazy idea, but it might just work. Yeah. You know, translate things into plain English. You know, I, I, I'm a Yorkshireman. I may have mentioned it once or twice. We do tend to. Like vegans, we always let you know. <laughs> but there's that kind of, you've got it as well. It's that kind of, right. Yeah, we can talk in, um, you know, high terms about marketing and bell curves and that kind of thing, or we can put it into plain English, not to patronise, but to ensure that we're not trying to do the, ooh, dark magic, you don't understand this. Mm. No, let's put it in plain English. Yeah, you can rank on page one for that keyword. Nobody's looking for it. You know, what about the keywords people are actually using? Here's a report the words people are using. Right, there's no point in trying those three because we haven't got the budget. Let's go for that one, number four. I mean, that's essentially your business model, isn't it? In, in effect, yeah, it, 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 it's a simplified version. But yeah, in, in effect, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's the same in not just online, it's the same offline world as well. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a member of, of, of B&I, as, as, as you know, and there's quite a few members. Like vegans. Like you like vegans, vegans. Yeah, we tell us. B&I you know, members I'm, always I'm, tell I'm, you. Look, I'm wearing a badge. I'm wearing a badge right oh. now. Do you have to wear it? Is it contractual every time you're promoting something? It is. I'm, I'm on a blood oath. Every time I take this badge off, a B&I member dies. Um, so I, I, should, I shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What, suddenly dropped dead this afternoon? Oh. What? Ooh, awkward. Yeah, no, no, that that could be quite awkward actually. Um, but no, no, uh, I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah, at 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 BNI event, it's quite often that members will stand up and they do a sixty second presentation where they'll talk about what they're looking for. But they will know their industry inside out, and they will use technical terms of their industry. And then you've got like twenty, thirty other people sat around the tables, and they're all looking like, what? Huh? But none of them are going to stand up and go, what? What did you say? What does that mean? Because they'll just assume everyone else knows. Yeah, they don't want to oh, be that the idiot that goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't care. Um, <laughs> well, they're not I'll, okay. In Yorkshire, it might be different. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we call a spade a shovel. Now, um, I was at some. Uh, I'm not a big one on networking events. No, you and I have talked about being there. It's, mm. it's just not for me. Mm. I get you. You get great things out of it. I know lots of other people do. But there's one networking um, uh, event I go to in Leeds and Manchester, and it's 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 that kind of that step up. It's business owners, directors. I'm not going to meet uh, a junior accountant. I'm not going to meet the guy who works utility warehouse, you know, as lovely as those people are. Mm. I'm going to meet people who I want to deal with and sell to, not necessarily be referred through. 
But um, they always have, uh, there's quite a lot of financiers there, people looking to invest. And they always have people stand up going, hi, this is my company, this is what we're doing, uh, this is what we're looking for. Not quite Dragon's Den, but along those lines. And the last event I went to, this uh, I won't mention them because they were lovely people, but they stood up, talked incomprehensibly for five minutes on a very technical subject, and then sat down, and everyone just sat there. And at the end of it, one of the guys came over and introduced himself and he said, uh, you know, what do you think? I went, that was utter shite. <laughs> I said, why? I said, I actually understand what you're doing because it, it's about diabetes and I'm diabetic, so I get what they were doing. Now, by coincidence, the friend of mine had taken along as a guest is also diabetic, but he thought it was something different to what I thought. Mm. Now, we're both, not target audience, but we're both diabetic, so you think we'd understand what they were talking about. And we both got different opinions. And they said, well, what, what was the problem? I went, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. It's a technology product about diabetes. I'm a geek who's diabetic. If I don't get it, how can you convince somebody to give you a quarter of a million pounds? And it looks like, fingers crossed, I might be working with them because they need somebody. Because <laughs> I said, look, you go in and say, this is what we do. This is the problem we're solving. Uh, this is how we're going to make money. This is why we need your money. And in five years' time, here's our exit plan. Mm. Don't tell them everything. Give them something to ask questions about, whether it's there or, you know, in the future. And I just don't get it. People, they don't seem very good at projecting sometimes into, you know, away from themselves, looking back and going, I'm just talking technical bollocks, aren't I? Yeah. And do you think that's why we're good at what we do? Because we can do that. You're talking technical bollocks, and here's the reason why let's put it in simplistic terms. I'm not sure I've always been able to do that. I think I probably was quite a bad communicator when I first started and would have talked technical bollocks. But Out of anxiety, fear, oh, nervousness? No, no, no. I, I think because I, I didn't really care what other people thought and didn't see things from their point of view. I mean, I've taken a, a personality test and I've got a, an empathy score of, I think it was either 1% or 2%. Uh, which I was quite proud of, and I think makes me borderline sociopathic. But you know, I'm just going to say you don't know my home address, do you? No, no, no. no. Good, that's all right then. No. Just checking. No, but I can probably pick out something in the background that's got an address on it. Um, no, yeah. Where, where, where was I going again with that? Uh, do, I don't know, do, do, but I'm a bit concerned now. Well, I, I, I would be concerned. I would be concerned. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I, I, I really cared about it back then. Oh yeah, I've, I've <laughs> quite frankly, uh, mm. but I've, I've gone through a lot of training on mm. sort of. Well, I say speaking training and presenting training and, and, and sales training, um, which allows you to put things into language that other people understand and other people want to hear. And it is about projecting the information that you want to get across in a way that other people want to know more, want to hear about it, and and for want of a better phrase, buy into what you're actually selling. I'm just going to pause now because I'm going to ask you something and you might want to put it out. You're autistic. Because two of my kids are, and what you're talking about is traits they've got, you see. I'm, well, I don't know. I don't think so. My eldest has Asperger's. Same thing, just different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they actually use the term Asperger's for diagnosis anymore. It is just levels of autism. So my eldest is. um, So I I don't know. It's the empathy thing, because I know, um, and it's not, I mean, the two kids that, that, that are autistic, yeah, the teenagers can be right pains in the ass, you know what they're like, but they can also be the most loving, caring, sweet, 
But sometimes there's that empathy gap of they don't get why what they've just said is upsetting, offensive, whatever it may be. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, it was a lack of empathy that either you're a sociopath or you're somewhere on the spectrum. Personally speaking, I'm hoping it's the spectrum rather than the sociopath bit. But, you know, I, I don't judge. I, I think my daughter's tested me and, and proven that I'm not a sociopath. I, I can't remember what she did because I wasn't really interested. Um, but she did you a knife and was rude about it? <laughs> well, no, my, my daughter's doing forensic anthropology and, and knows how to diagnose, well, so work out when how people have died and how to get rid of bodies and crime scene investigation and all that. Yeah, so, don't piss her off. Exactly, yeah. yeah, do not piss her off. And obviously her brother is the one with the... Uh, the autism, so he would kill somebody without thinking twice about it, and she can get rid of the body. So between them, they're a heck of a team. Um, so I just need to make a quick call to the police. Just a moment. <laughs> yeah, if I disappear, then good luck. No, no. If somebody if somebody near you disappears and you're pleading ignorance, I'm, <laughs> I'm more concerned that the sociopath, the the autistic kid, and the you know the anthropologist. Yeah, who, who knows the best way to dissolve a body. Oh, it's dissolving now. It's not just getting rid of it. Oh, well, it'll be, well, it, 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 will, it, will, it will disappear, whatever it is. I think she said hydrochloric acid isn't the best yeah. thing for it because it'll always leave I, a trace. She knows yeah. a way to get rid of it. In fact, she's got a way to kill people who have diabetes. Um, Lots of Mars bars? No, no, no. It, it's an, it, oh, she, she told me there's this drug. The water I, or something this is, like that. This is really dodgy stuff going out on a podcast. Yeah, should, we, should we maybe edit this bit out? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, no, yeah. I think this is the interesting stuff people really want. She, she well, said, thanks. Uh, she, she said there is this drug that when it's injected, it is indecipherable from insulin. Um, so if somebody has diabetes... I'm type 2, you see. So I, I don't, I've got too much insulin. Oh, you're okay then. You're okay. She can't, <sighs> she can't kill you and then hide it. Not for that. Yeah, it was a shock when about three, four years ago that I went, yes, yeah, I think you're diabetic. Well, bugging me sideways. I'm nearly 50 and I'm overweight. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> what, what, what are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, no, I, I was shocked, tell you, shocked. Um, <laughs> so when, when we were talking yesterday, you, oh, yeah. you, you kind of jokingly said that, that people often don't know what it is that you do. I include my parents, to it, be honest with you. But I think my dad still tells people I'm a journalist because he understands that. Yeah. You know, it, it, I'm not saying he's stupid, he's far from it, but my dad was a copper. My brother's a chef. Right. Good. You know, you know what they do. Yeah. What What does your eldest do? Kind of ponces about with computers and does stuff. I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. So I think he just says, oh, he's a journalist. Mm. Well, he's, been a journal- he's been that for about 30 years. He has, yes. Who's a right for? Don't know. <laughs> I think my problem is because... I've got a bit of a left brain, right brain thing going on. I like order. I like strategy. I like making sure the foundations of whatever marketing we're going to come up with are based on facts. Sometimes you have to go eat gut, but, you know, there's a solid facts thing. Then I've also got the creativity. But then I've got, I'm real good at writing code. Don't get me wrong. Guys at your place probably write it quicker than me because they're doing it all the time. But, you know, I can write PHP tools coming out of my ears which is rather painful. Uh, but I can also design the website that's behind it, and I, I, we think of them both at the same time. Whether I'm being myself or I'm working with uh, one of my designers, I'm not just seeing that design. I'm seeing how it could work, and I'm seeing how the code behind it would put it together. But then I've also got, we've talked about video editing. Mm. Pretty good video editor. Pretty good video producer. Um, and like you, I've got a bit of a fancy setup here because I also make music. 
it's not very good music and no won't be playing you any but you know i do that kind of and you know i've got a proper uh 16 16 track 12 track mixer here and you know various lights and all sorts somebody said yesterday what call me a polymath which i quite like the sound of that it sounds better than smart ass who seems to do everything but it's one of those people kind of go, well, but what do you actually do? What are you good at? I'm actually good at most of it, to be honest with you. Hmm. Yes, you know. Uh, well, the fact that I was talking to you about video editing, who's got a degree in it, and was not teaching you something, but telling you something that you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. That I'm not an idiot at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, your stuff might be more inventive because you've got the training in it. But if I'm just doing a simple edit for a client... Uh, on something we've shot, and I've already edited it in my head anyway because I've helped shoot it. I can do more than a good enough job. Uh, as I say, your your devs might write code quicker than me, but it won't necessarily be any better than mine because most devs I've worked with are very A B C D. You know, we talk about autism earlier. I've said to my el- my eldest son because he's not quite sure what to do with his life. I think he'd be a great developer because he has that form of autism where A to B, and that's it. You know, you don't get nothing comes in between. Whereas when I'm doing it, I'm go, I'm already thinking about how that will tie into that functionality, but also how that works from a marketing perspective and from usability. So I've got the whole lot going on in my head that somebody who's maybe a straight developer wouldn't have. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I do design. Um, I'm trying to think what else. But basically, I'm a, I'm a a six foot two marketing machine. <laughs> that might be my new tagline, actually. A six now, foot um, marketing machine. I just checked recently. I'm only six one and a half. It's quite embarrassing. For years, I've told everybody I'm six foot two. Do you know, I, just... I, I was six foot two as well. And have you shrunk as well? Shrunk. Yeah. When I had my last, I think it's called the uh, the, the over forty checkup. I think when, when you oh, did 40, you have the? You... Oh. Uh, no, I didn't have the. <laughs> you did not. No, no, she didn't go. It was just, you know, you go to the GP and they, you know. Oh, no. Maybe it's just my doctor did that then. But, are you sure that was a doctor? You get a white coat on. Ah, uh, yeah. That old chestnut. Yeah. I've heard they wear those now. Um, yes. Yeah, no, no, just she, cough. She, she, <laughs> she, yeah, pop them out and cough. She, um, no, she, she measured, she weighed, measured me. Yeah, measured me. That was it. You you measure height, you don't weigh height. She measured yes. me and, and said that I, I was six foot and I was, I was, I was arguing with her. I'm not six foot, I'm six foot two. I've been six foot two since I was like 18. But no, 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 I'm six foot. Apparently, you shrink when you get older. It was a massive shock to me. I was disgusted. Well, you're a couple of years younger than me, so just your weight, mate. If I drop below six five foot, foot, I'm five, five foot, foot 11 or eight. Oh, no, no, I, I can't, I can't. I'm, I'm going to wear heel, I'm going to wear Tom Cruise shoes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> No, he's a little fella. He's 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 a diddy little mite. He's a diddy little mite. Um, yeah, but but he lies about his height a lot. You look on Wikipedia. Tom Hughes, Tom Cruise, giant, giant. Uh, I, I won't mention names on the very uh, unlikely occasion they may say this, but um, a friend of mine went out on a date with a girl and uh, didn't come to anything. But six months later, she met a mutual friend and started seeing him. Now, didn't know obviously she'd been on this one-off date with the other guy. So comes to the local pub one night. He's like, "Oh my god, it's you! Oh, it's you!" And uh, yeah, find out that they've been this. They've been for coffee, and nothing had come of it. And uh, so of course she went. So why didn't? Why weren't you interested? She went. Well, the first thing was he told me he was six foot on his profile. <laughs> He's five foot eight. So like, how the fuck was she not going to notice? <laughs> 
I mean, and the thing was, she was about five foot ten. So that's why she wanted a tall fella. Mm. So she could wear heels. Yeah. I mean, why, do, why do men do this? Well, it, it is a stereotype that women only go out with men taller than them. And But I have asked many, many women this question. And they, have and they all said, no, they wouldn't go out with you, even though you're tall. <laughs> well, that, that that happened in school a lot, um, yeah. which is one of my... Oh, dark, no, that one. My, yeah, don't, don't, we won't go there. Um, no, no, there'll be tears. There, 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 there will be tears, there'll be frustrations, they'll be throwing things, and then I'll just end up screaming on the floor wanting Star Wars figures, um, like, like like normal. Uh, no, they, they all, everyone I've asked said they wouldn't go out with somebody young, uh, younger. Well, actually, yeah, 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 younger and shorter. It, it seems to be a thing that it's one of those stereotypes that happens to be true. The thing is, you and I, even if we're shrinking, we are still, you know, tall. We're, we're tall so enough. We're pretty we're, much we're, all right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. Yeah, we, we, we've, yeah. Got a, we've got a wide pool of women that can turn us down for many other reasons. <laughs> can I point out we are both happily married, but, well, <laughs> we're both married. We, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, you know, the state of things. Yeah, we, 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 yeah we, we're, bet- we're betrothed. Yeah, we, we, we're yeah. done. Yeah, we're shackled. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we are tamed stallions. Yeah. I think we might build our parts up a little bit there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know you you said the word poly polymath early on, and all I could think of was that you were going to make somebody into Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> why? There's, there's there's a specific why, red, red why, dwarf. Why, the, why a red dwarf reference? Because there was an episode called Polymorph. Oh, polymorph. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, not yeah, polymath. Oh, yeah, yeah, polymorph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where it did, yeah, sucked out all the. See, I, I knew we'd get on sci fi at some point. Well, yeah, but you did it. You did it. It was your fault. You... I did, I said polymath. Yeah, well, which is I. Probably I, Latin, I imagine. I, I immediately heard polymorph and. Was well, thinking, it's your fault, not mine. Yeah, well, thinking about Dwayne Dibley. Um, but while, while we are on sci fi, which was, <laughs> which was your fault, by the way. <gasps> yeah, okay, whatever. It's like, you sure we've not got married by the sound of it? <laughs> Yeah, um, you you, you are, are a bit of a sci-fi fan. Pot kettle. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I will take that with the, um, the, the the credit with which it was intended. Um, so, what 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 is your biggest passion? As if I don't already know. Yes, we'll put it this way: the the day that it was announced, there was a new head writer for this TV show. I don't know if which you emailed me or I emailed you. I think you emailed me to tell me the news, didn't you? I, I, I think I did. And that Russell the Davis was returning. Yeah, because we we talked about it a while back that we we thought maybe he would. And uh, did I, I th- all right, we we, we did. No, I think, we, I think hoped he we would, did. We did. We hoped. We 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 speculated. Would he come back for this? And I think we we both agreed that no, 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 he's done I with it. You he's, do he's, like he's, this little fella, don't you? I I, I do like a, a Mr. Potato Head crossover. Yes. Yes. I'll I, I show you the Spider-Man one another time. I like the fact that I wouldn't mind. I haven't just put that there for this. It, that's where it lives, just out of shot. <laughs> so, yeah. I, the, the, Doctor Who. It, it's just... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been difficult the last couple of years. And that's not because of Jodie Whittaker. I love Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. I love her as a person. Whenever I've seen her interviewed, it's like... I used to live not far from where she was. Uh, or where she'd grown up. And weirdly, a friend of mine had gone to school with her. Uh, I think he was a couple of years older, but, you know, there were friends at school. And he makes me and you seem like casual Doctor Who fans, <laughs> this guy. So the fact that, he, you know, his old schoolmate was now the Doctor, the poor guy's head nearly exploded. And about six months after I moved out of the village I lived in to move over to Mancunia, where I am now, mm-hmm. uh, I think she was seen in uh, a local restaurant, literally 200 yards from where I used to live. So, yeah, um, 
the last couple of years hasn't been easy to be a Doctor Who fan because the stories have been shite. They've just been dull. And people go, oh, it's all woke now. It's always been woke as Doctor yeah. Who. You know, there's stories about genocide and all sorts. You know, but it's just been a bit too... I thought Stephen Moffat was bad at tying up loose ends with a bit of a, oh, look, now it works. But Chris Chibnall doesn't even bother with that. He just kind of goes, it just works. Just deal with it now. Mm. But, yeah, but since, I think... I mean, I was alive when Tom Baker was Doctor Who. But was it 81? Yeah, I like this. I know full well it was 81. <laughs> 81 when Peter Davidson took over. Was it 81? Was it? I'm not playing. Yeah, 81. I was nine. So Peter Davidson's my doctor. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've also remembered the other little story I told you yesterday. So being married second time around for long, like 18, 19, 20 months. But we got married during the yeah, lockdown where basically, I mean, frankly, if we decided we were a political party, we could have had a, a knees up. But as it was, uh, you know, we, we basically had to, 12 of us could go into Stockport Town Hall, few people waiting outside, lots of photographs, see you all later. So we actually got around town the reception about a month ago, three weeks ago. Mm. Now, my wife assumed, because that's what I told her, that I was going to wear the same suit that I'd worn um, when we got married. But that was in December. And it was tweedish. A lovely suit, and I'm sure I'll wear it again sometime, but a bit warm for the beginning of July. So unbeknownst to her, I'd made a few little trips into Mancunia. Uh, I'd been measured up, and I got myself a, a nice blue linen suit. And I managed to pair it with a sort of shirt about this colour, but not but not collarless, uh, and a sort of a dark, purpley floral tie. And a pair of red Converse. <laughs> I mean, you know straight away where this is going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Sharon, God bless her. Very intelligent woman. Dodgy taste in men. But she, uh, she was just like, oh, I wasn't expecting you wearing that. And it wasn't until I pulled out the sonic screwdriver from my inside pocket that I just happened to have there. She went, oh, God, you've come as David Tennant, haven't you? You've come to your own wedding as David Tennant. Yes, I have, love. At this point, I should have pulled out a, a wig or something like that and, you know, had a bit of a quiff going on. Because obviously that's the only difference between me and David Tennant. The only difference, the only yes. difference. Yes. And knowingly, he's a year older than me. Is he? Yeah, he's 51. Shit. Nearly 52, I think. I mean, that's, I mean, all right, you've got more hair than me, but, you know, it's close. Yeah, that's why you wear the headphones. Some of us have just embraced it. Um, but yeah, that's not that's far too much hair going on for somebody in the early 50s. It's not fair. It, it's disgraceful. I'm, I'm sh mm. he, he must be doing something with that. And, yes. I, and, and, and I know the answer to this question, I'm sure, but when you pulled out the sonic screwdriver, was it the correct sonic screwdriver? <laughs> what do you think I'm an amateur? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I just, I, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> Frankly, I'm I, hurt. I just... Yes. Do you know, and do you know where I got that, that screwdriver? Um, <laughs> at, a, at a convention? Nope. No, don't go to conventions. I'm not quite that sad. But, but, I'm sad, but I'm not quite that sad. I'm going to a convention next Friday for Transformers. Like I said, I'm not quite that sad. Yeah. Uh, no, it came on the front of the Doctor Who comic that I saw <laughs> in uh, the local co-op. I went, 195. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was quite upset when the following month, I think Doctor Who Adventures it was called, that, that I think they might still do it. And it just happened to be there in the co-op when I was picking up some bread or something. 
And the following month, I almost bought it again because they had a, uh, a beanie hat with the Doctor Who logo on the front. <laughs> the thing that stopped me was, this is aimed at seven-year-olds. The chances of that fitting my enormous head are fairly slim, aren't they? Now, you see, if you'd gone to conventions, you'd have got authentic Sonic Screwdriver replicas. Yes. You'd have been able to get photos with David Tennant, yes. with Peter Davidson. And I'd be a virgin. Uh, do, <laughs> I'll admit, there are a lot of virgins there. Sorry. I've got friends who go to... Well, yeah, you and I are friends. And <laughs> you go to conventions. It was, just, it was an easy joke to make. It was an easy joke. Well, when I first went to Transformers conventions, back in 2001, I think it was, right, the first time, mm-hmm. um, the men's toilets were full. The women's toilets, because I had women that went with me, um, were empty. You managed to get a woman together, sir. Well, that's the weird thing, yes. Mostly it was all men. There was yeah. the occasional woman there. Who now, walked into the wrong room. Who walked into the wrong room and was shocked at the smell of body yes. odour. <laughs> oh, that first one. You could cut the virginity with a knife. That first one in August, it was in, um, where was it? It was in... Oh, yeah. They, they, down south, they filmed... Um, it, it doubled for Gotham in one of the ba- Batman movies. Batman Begins, I think. Croydon. Croydon, that Croydon. was it. Croydon doubled for Gotham. Yeah, it did. Have yes. you been to Croydon? Yes, I have. I have. I have. Yeah, it, I know. I, I can't see it myself, but it, it did. It doubled for Gotham. Um, but it, it was a hot summer's day, and it was one of the smelliest rooms I've ever been in, with just mm. lots of large. And you've got, larger and you've got a teenage boy, and I, and I, and I, yes, it was. It was one of the. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't go in his room. Um, it was one of the smelliest rooms I've ever been I'm in. his best. But, but now. Not only are there loads of women at these conventions, they've been breeding. The nerds have been breeding. There are mini-nerds. There's lots of children running around. It's like a completely different world now. It's almost like going to a normal thing. Oh, with normal people. With normal people who are not nerds. If it wasn't for the fact that they are dressed up as nerds, you wouldn't know the difference. Well, that's the thing. The nerds have inherited the Earth. I mean, you can see, I submit that one, Iron Man just there, Mm. and if I... Yeah, Captain America. Yeah. I think, is that another? Oh, yeah, another Iron Man there. You know, and various Spider-Man and Star Wars things. Men never grow up, do we? Well, no. No, I mean, why would we? Why? why there's no need to. Yeah. It's just I mean, the we're, toys we're, get more expensive. About, well, yeah, that's the thing. We're about to remortgage the house uh, just to put an extension on the back. Well, you're buying a TARDIS uh, for the garden. Well, no. <laughs> No, I was going to say I wanted to get a Dalek, and the wife said no. Um, my, this is my office at home. Have I not told you what this off, this is? I, I believe you mentioned it. It was a shed. It is a shed. It is a shed. It's a very From nice shed. From the outside, this is a shed. Yeah. But uh, it's all carpeted, um, insulated. It was meant to be a couple of days a week, so as not to go into the office. But then COVID, blah, blah, blah. And you get to the point going, actually, I don't need to go in every day. We're working just fine remotely. Mm. But no, uh, this shed... Is painted light blue except for the doors, which are painted dark blue, and have sticky letter cross saying "police box" and six white squares on each door with the sign. I'll send you a picture later. I would. I would very much like to see a, a picture of that later on. Yes. But in, in all seriousness, if you did want a TARDIS, um, I, I, I well, is it, is it working? 
No, no, I, I don't have one to sell, and if I did, I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't be selling it. Um, but I, I am friends with uh, one of the Transformers comic artists uh, who also drew for Doctor Who magazine. And he has in his garden. It, well, it's, it's derelict now because he's been t- taking photographs of it falling apart. He's got a TARDIS, and he's got a Dalek in his shed. And obviously, he uses them for for drawing references. Well, the I know oh, years ago, just out of interest, I was looking for a, a DIY project because I'm one of those weird geeks mm-hmm. who's actually quite good at DIY as well. Uh, not amazing, but you know, I can pull up a set of shelves. I can you know do a bit of plumbing. You're the geek that can do DIY. Yeah, it makes it difficult for the rest of you, doesn't it? It does. Uh, see what I mean? Polymath, Renaissance man. Um, and uh, Dibley. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> and uh, you can actually find online uh, various plans for building TARDISes mm. because sadly you and I both know that it has changed dimensions over the years. It, it, William Hartnell's is the same as, it, you know, John Berkeley's, et cetera, et cetera. Is it? Because uh, I think you're remarried as well, are you? I am. Yeah. How have I managed to find two women, each of us? I, just, I mean, how, frankly? It's not the same women, is it? I don't think so. Oh, OK. Just checking. Yeah. Well, no, I know your second wife, oh, I know what she looks like, and that's not my first wife. Right, OK. So that's all right, then. Yeah. And my my second wife has never been married before. Well, well we're definitely in the clear. We're all, right. we're all right, then. That would have been awkward, wouldn't it? We're definitely in the clear, yeah. yeah. Should we talk about marketing a bit more? Because I feel we've gone off on a bit of a tangent on this well, we, one. Well, that was your fault, remember? You mentioned you mentioned yes, the, you mentioned the so polymorph yeah. from from Red Dwarf. Yeah, yes, apparently it's my fault. So yeah. okay, well, if if, if yeah, you go, no, if, I just if, you know, it is called the what engaged marketeer. Uh, no, not engaged. No, 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 no. Because engaging, uh, sorry, engaging, engaging. Yeah, yeah. You tried to pretend it was nothing to do with the company. Then. Okay, yes. I, all right, I'm just very clever at the old word stuff. You know, to be honest, it, it didn't click with me until last night. Did it not? Oh, no, I see it. It's 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 subliminal. Subliminal. It just gets you. Whoa. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a bit stupid sometimes. I've been COVID. I'm a bit foggy ever since. Mm, it affects the most best of us. So yeah. Mm. So you you help businesses. Well, that, with, isn't that what but, we both do? But That's it, what marketing's about, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. But there's some people do it in a different way. So go on. How do you do it? What what's the kind of project or or what do you like to do to help a client? I like working with a variety of clients. That's why I've never worked in-house. I've never really, I don't, short of being offered a stupid amount of money, I don't think I ever would. I like the variety, both of the different kind of clients, different kind of sectors, different kind of things. And at the end of the day, it's all about getting under the skin. So it's very similar to journalism, where I'd have, you know, you've got two weeks to write about industrial flooring. And you're like, gee. But actually, after a few days, you go, actually, it's quite interesting, this. There's all these different things involved. And it's it's find it's finding out that stuff, and getting it out there, um, finding a way of making it interesting to potential customers. So, what's the way I do marketing? Is where are you now? Right, this is who you are as a company. Uh, this is what you stand for, and uh, this is who you're selling to. This is where you want to be. This is what you want to be known for. This is who you want to sell to. How do we get from here to here? And that's marketing. You know, this is where the company wants to be in six months, 12 months, five years, whatever. They need to diversify or they're looking to rationalise, whatever it may be. Or maybe it's as simple as they're here now and they're doing quite a good job. They just want to sell more stuff. Hmm. Well, are you going to sell more stuff to the same people? Probably not. If they've got one, they might not need to. So it's looking for 
the new markets, the new people of where you want to be. So there's that kind of putting yourself in the shoes of potential customers, which is the thing we talked about this, you know, lots of marketing companies seem to, seem to have a problem with projection. Mm. But that's what it's about. Why should I give a damn? If I'm Joe Punter, why do I want to buy your widgets? I mean, are they better than his widgets? Is there a new kind of widget? You know, what is it about this widget that means it's something I should be giving you my hard-earned money to buy? And that's what marketing's about, is finding the thing that makes it indispensable. Um, it's not saying, here, it's shiny and new. It's, here, this solves this problem. You know, you know, we understand your market, uh, sir, and we think that this widget will solve that problem. And here's the reason why it will solve that problem. Uh, here's a few little technical specs about it, and here's how you buy it. Because too many people seem to forget the call to action as well. Oh, God, yes. You know, here, fantastic new shiny thing. Bye. Well, how do I buy it? Where do I get it from? You know, so it's so it is quite... What we do is simple on one level, and I think anyone tries to make it complicated. Yes, you know, there's there's complex things involved in SEO, in writing a good catch line, in, you know, the use of colour in adverts to, you know, uh, create certain emotions and feelings. But it is quite simple. We're going to help you sell more tomorrow than you did today. Hmm. Hence, using that as a catch line, you know. It, it, it's interesting. You, you mentioned then clients knowing where they, where they are now and where they want to be. Hopefully. It, it was, I was, I was going to say, in my yeah. experience, most businesses don't know where they want to be. They just know they need help. I think sometimes they know, but they're too scared to admit it. They're too scared to, you know, slay that dragon or the elephant in the room or whatever, whatever animal we're using. They they know that they need to do something. They have a rough idea what it is, uh, but they're not necessarily sure if they should admit it out loud because they're saying that what they do now is a bit shit. Hmm. And it isn't. It's just it's not as successful as it was 20 years ago. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means that that market doesn't necessarily exist anymore. So I think most of them do have an idea where they want to be, but maybe I haven't written it down before. They haven't said it out loud. You know, they've, they've spent evenings lying in bed worrying and thinking about it. Mm. But putting it down and having it analysed and having it questioned sometimes helps to refine it or chuck that idea out and come up with a better one. So, so I know what you mean. Yeah, it, they don't tend to go, I want one to be hit. Well, of course they don't. If they knew that, they wouldn't have somebody like me in. They'd just have a very simple, you know, production house churning things out so for them. is that the kind of consultancy you'll do for somebody? So quite often we'll get clients come to us and they'll say, right, we, we want you to do our PPC for us. Yeah. And more often than not, that's not the right thing for them. They'll yeah. have an idea of what they want to do, but it's probably born from some conversation they've had that's wrong or something they've mm. seen that's wrong. How much help do you give them in producing a whole strategy for getting them to where they need to be? I got, well, not as often as I'd like. Uh, and as often as I'd want to. But yeah, that, I love doing that stuff because it's the, well, we're going, we want to do uh, this, this, and this to get here. We need a new website. Why? What are you trying to, forget what you think you need to do. What are you trying to achieve? Let's work out what you're trying to achieve. And then from there, work out the best way of achieving it. It might be a new website. It might be a PPC campaign. It might be a press release. It might be just, you know, a little tiny thing. Um, it doesn't need to be rocket science. You know, the strategy might well be, but it could just be a few tiny little things adding together. Mm. 
Are the builders making a lot of noise? I, I think I could hear builders, and either that or you have got some serious indigestion problems. I must admit, had a dodgy sandwich. Now, uh, we're, they're currently chopping out uh, large chunks of the kitchen wall to put French doors in. Oh, that's nice. Mm. <laughs> well, but when it's finished, it's, it's yeah, it yeah. looks like an explosion in a dust factory oh, at the moment. It, it'll, it'll look absolutely lovely. It'll look absolutely it's, it's, it's great for the microphone as well. Um, it's going to make yeah, editing. Sorry, it's going to make editing really, really simple. Uh, so. <laughs> Luckily, I, I've got these effects on. Uh, I, I can I can do something with that. I think make things disappear easy. Um, so, what's been your biggest challenge with with a client that you've had and, and helping them get to where they want to be? <laughs> Again, no names. Um, no, no names. No names. It's called in uh, by a business consultant who used to do some work with, and he was you know the finances and the organisation that kind of thing. He said, but they need sort of marketing help some strategy so i spoke to them i said look do this one day workshop where we talk about what our brand is and try to explain to people it's not a logo you know it's, it's who you are and yeah literally where are you where do you want to be and let's you know swap analysis the art out of it essentially much more to it than that but yeah it became fairly obvious within about an hour that the two partners had fundamentally different ideas about where they wanted the company to be, and frankly, whether they wanted to work together anymore. So we had, a, the, and after the lunch break, literally I sat down to do the next bit, and it turned into a full-scale row between them. So that was a bit of a challenge. I ended up being essentially the adjudicator, and at the end of it going, right, lads, I'll be honest, I think you should stop working together. Work out a financial settlement because you two are so diametrically opposed to what you actually want. I don't see this working out, and I think it'll damage the company. It'll damage the staff. You know, people must already notice this, and then a couple of members of staff were in there went, yes. So that was a challenge. Even more so after I presented my report, and the guy who'd stayed went, I'm not paying you. Can I ask why not? Well, you know, I'm not happy with the outcome of the, uh, the workshop. That be the workshop where basically YouTube had a stand-up round screen to each other for two hours, and I still managed to produce a report that's actually useful. I think I'm fucking Harry Potter after this one, mate. You know. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a challenge. But the normal everyday stuff with clients is some of them, especially smaller companies. I mean, you, you and I, because of the nature of our businesses, tend to deal with SMEs. Mm. So in a good way, you're talking to the decision maker. Because, you know, you're probably pretty much talking to the MD or nearest damn it. So that's good. But sometimes they don't appreciate the value of talking before doing. No, we just need a new brochure. Get on with it. Well, what's this new brochure for? It's a new brochure, son. Get on with it. Okay, who's it? To you know, it, I, I've even got to the point now where I say to people, right, every pound we spend on strategy, planning and everything else will save you two pounds when we come to doing because we'll be setting off in the right direction. Mm. And it won't be, you know, going off in some strange angle that you go, well, that's not what we wanted, but you didn't tell us enough about what you did want. So what do you expect? And I don't, I don't like being in those positions. I don't like people not getting what they wanted. So why don't we spend some time talking it through, working it out, talking about key messages, talking about who we're talking to, doing personas about who we're talking to, what kind of language do those people like, what is it that turns them into customers, what problems are we solving, 
write the whole damn thing down. I then get creative. I then come up with a way of speaking to that person with that message in a way that will engage with them. Mm. Now, that's easy now I'm older. And, you know, the little hair I've got is grey and, you know, grey and stuff like that. But I've known this for 30 years-ish. But they wouldn't listen to me in the past. But as I've got older, and maybe I'm more confident in, in going, no, we either do it like this or it's a waste of bloody time. Keep your money. Because too often I've been in projects where it goes off completely left field. The clients are that they've spent money and they've, they've got no tangible return for it. So if I know it's going to go belly up, I'm not afraid to say so. Has that answered your question or just gone off from the bit of a tangent i'm not oh, quite sure i i have absolutely no idea what the the question was, it was at, interesting, the, at, at this point no but, uh, yeah. yeah it was i mean I, I, you're right i i had experiences in the, years ago where people wouldn't listen to me or i'd even be too afraid to even say it that you know this isn't mm. the right thing to do this why are we, we doing it this way but but now we, yeah it is very much a case of somebody comes to us and say right I, I want this website and i want it to work this way and we can straight up tell them and i, and I will be very blunt about it mm. that's not going to work you do that, you're wasting your money. This is why we need to do it this way or don't do it at all. And in fact, we actually had a a business come into us a couple of months ago wanting us to do SEO for them on a website. Mm. Um, but the website had been built by the guy's son on Wix. Ooh. And oh. I told oh. him, there's absolutely no point in us doing SEO for you. We can get you higher in rankings to a degree because Wix websites are limited in what you can actually do. Hmm. Um, I mean, they're better than they were, but they're still fighting a Wix. losing, losing yeah. battle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the website you've got there is it's not going to convert. It's terrible. Um, there's absolutely no point us bringing you traffic because you're just not going to get business out of it. At the end of the it's day, you're going to drop straight off again. Yeah, you're going to walk away and you're going to say, well, Engage Web, they were shit. They, they didn't get us any increase in business. <laughs> Um, I don't want that. You don't want that. You can go out there now and you can find another SEO company that will happily take money off you and do that for you. Because they've got no principles. Because they've got no, yeah, because they don't care. They just want to get you higher in rankings and take money off you. It's not mm. going to work. And they understood all that and they went away. But then they still weren't happy because they insisted that they had a really good website and they liked the website. It's like, is it converting now? No. Are you a web designer? No. Yeah, that's the thing. I do this for a living, you know. Mm. And, you know, if you go to your lawyer, your accountant, or your doctor, and they tell you X, Y, Z, you go, well, I don't think so, because I once read a book about it. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, this day and age, people do. But years ago, my line used to be, so uh, it builds websites, does it? Your nephews, cousins, uncles, brother. Yeah, all right. What does he use? Oh, he's got Dreamweaver. All right, so it builds websites, yeah. Has he got a copy of Microsoft Word? Yeah, probably. Does it make him Shakespeare? <laughs> Just because you've got the tool doesn't mean you can do the job. Yeah. Yes, you can do a, a passable version of it, but that kind of thinking is 25, 30 years old now, I think. Mm. 20 years old, anyway, of any website's better than none. Actually, no, in this day and age, it's not. You know, if, if a website's cack, it'll do so much damage that you, you start, you're not starting from there to get it ranking well you start from down here because you've been blacklisted by everybody yeah yeah and there are too many people that have a an awfully shit website Mm. and they expect you to use that as some kind of starting point it's like well i've got a website already i've paid for that can you not take that website and just make it better no 
we're going to no. knock it down and we're going to start from scratch. It's going to cost I, you more if we try to do something with that heap of shit. Mitch had written a proposal based exactly on that. We like the current design of uh, our, our uh, Wix website. You might like it, but it's shite. Why? Well, look what happens when you reduce the size and this happens and blah, blah. That's useless. Da, 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 da. It, it, it's not a very good website. Mm. We like it. Well, fine if you like it, but it's not very good. Yeah. Why don't you pay me this money and I'll start from scratch? We want to keep the design right. How much money does that save us? Not a single penny. Why? Because I've got to recreate that and it's horrible. Mm. But most importantly, it doesn't matter if you like it because the website is not for you. Yeah. It's for your target customer. Yeah. It's what works no. for them. They've insisted and it's one of these. The quote's reasonable. If they come back, they come back. If they don't, I'm not going to be chasing them up. And they're lovely people. They're very nice people. But it is one of those, I do this for a living, mate, and I'm not doing it just to be a dick. I'm not try- I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to not earn less money from you, but I'm actually trying to, the money you're going to spend, actually use it wisely. You've saved money for years by having this CAC website that you've just about got away with. You know, this is, you know, um, your shop window. Spend a couple of quid, in it? And it, it was, it's a five grand job, not a 10, 20, 30 grand job. It's it's five grand, I think, we were talking about. And like, well, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. Well, I've broken it down to everything that's required and the number of hours. Now can you, and they're like, mm, yeah, okay, I can see why it's cost that much now. Yeah, because you're dealing with a professional. Mm. And, you know, w- w- without giving away, I used to charge more by an hour by the hour 20 years ago when I worked at a massive agency in Leeds because you could get away with it when you're a massive agency in Leeds but I think when you're a smaller company and technically we're based in Chester and Manchester um, people expect it to be a bit cheaper well no we're still very good at what we do we've still been doing this a long time and it's not just paying for the you know it's it's the right hour we're going to spend it's not just an hour of your time it's the right hour and it's not just good at what you do you're now more experienced at what you do yeah and if somebody goes to a large agency then no disrespect to large agencies but if you go to a large agency or a large solicitors firm you're yes. not getting the guy who's been there for 20 30 years experience no. you're getting the junior yeah you're paying well, yeah, the top uh, whack and you're getting the junior 100 quid an hour you go to solicitors you'll get the 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 paralegal hmm. not quite but you'll get somebody who's you know two years out of law school it's got the you know that they're um, is trained to be a fully fledged solicitor or whatever. You go to um, a big agency leads in Manchester, you'll get the twenty four year old. Hundred hmm. quid an hour. I don't know about you, we'll be happy with that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's it's not um, a ridiculous amount of money for two guys who've been doing this for twenty twenty five years, thirty years even, who actually know what we're talking about. So we're going to save you a shitload of time and money by starting properly. And that's probably the only, not the only, but that's probably the main thing I'd want people to take away from this conversation that you and I are having. You know, we've had stupid conversations about Doctor Who. Well, not stupid, it's important, but... It's very important. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, if there's one thing to take away is when you find a good, reliable, reputable marketing company, listen to them. Because mm. I would much rather charge a client 
good amount of money for a job well done and they come back. I'm not interested in ripping them off once and never coming back. Whether it's for personal, you know, reputation, professionalism, or let's be, you know, blunt about it, I'll ultimately make more money because they'll keep coming back because they're happy. Mm. So if every time they give me 10 grand, they make 20 grand back, everyone's a winner, baby. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful sentiment. Beautiful sentiment. And, and in our game... I believe we, the children are our future. <laughs> teach them well and let them lead let the them way. Let them lead the way. In, in our game, it's very easy to see if somebody is a hack. <laughs> yeah. If somebody's unhappy with something, they complain online. They do it instantly. If you yeah. look at reviews for digital marketing, marketing, web design, yeah. if they've got 20, 30, 40 reviews saying how awful they are, chances are... They're awful. They're awful. If they've got no reviews saying, or, or just the odd one saying how bad they are, then chances are they're probably pretty good. It's, it's interesting. Uh, a very wise man uh, said to me a couple of months ago that his favourite line to potential customer was, what mark out of 10 would you give your agency? Who was that masked hero? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest, mate, I've nicked it. <laughs> I've nicked it completely and utterly. So you're happy with the current agency. What mark would you give them? Because as you said, nobody's going to give them 10. I'll be honest, I didn't originate that. <gasps> that that was told to me by somebody who's going to be on this podcast in a few weeks' time, a guy called Graham Dobbin, Yeah, who's a, as a coach in based in Australia now. He was in the UK, then he went to New York, yeah. now he's in Australia. I think he may have got it from Dale Carnegie. I'm not sure. Possibly Andy Bounds, who's also going to be on this podcast in a few weeks' time. So it's one of those came from it. It, it is a great sales strategy essentially yeah, yeah. it's what, what, brilliant it's, and it's so obvious yeah that's the that's what's so good about it <clears throat> yeah what mark out of 10 would you give whoever it is that's working with yeah. you nobody ever says 10 out of 10 because no, nobody's when, perfect yeah then when they say seven eight or nine so what would they have to do for you to give them a 10 yeah. and then they will proceed to tell you everything that's wrong with the company uh, everything that you have to do <laughs> exactly it literally write that yeah. down what they're saying yeah. because that's what they want to hear from you and the thing is, and that is the root of marketing. I've talked about personas and everything else. Mm. It's trying to figure out what that person wants to hear that will turn their interest into them making a purchase. Yeah. So if you're talking about, you know, this cup, right, we're looking for people who are interested in coffee, because it says I run coffee on it, who drink large cups, you know, and uh, I, I probably frankly should cut down on the caffeine. So... What what's going to interest these people? You know, you can hold more ca- coffee in one go with new cup. <laughs> you know, it's 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 that, that kind of what what would interest them? Why would they buy that cup? Mm. And then give them something that convinces them that this is the cup for them. You know, you're looking to hold more coffee in one go. Well, have we got the solution for you, my boy? You're <laughs> going to tell people that you're drinking coffee all the time. Have we got the solution for you? You know, it's that's what it's about, and it's exactly what you're talking about there. Mm. Write down what people want, or work out what people want, and give it to them. Yeah, it is it, listen give to, it to them listen, in a creative way. Listen to what they're saying, understand what they're saying, because they're telling you what they want to hear. Yeah. They're giving you the tools to sell to them. Yeah, and too many companies don't listen. Pardon me. Not don't listen. Don't listen to what they don't want to hear. Mm. I mean, I was with a company yesterday. Does anybody know what day this is recorded? They don't, do they? No. 
Okay. I was with the company <laughs> yesterday, and I had to give some harsh facts of life. Great company, great product. Think it will, you know, really take off. But they didn't like some of the things I was saying. I said, well, I, I could just agree with you about everything. But that would be boring, wouldn't it? Mm. You know, and you're not paying me just to come in and nod and smile and agree with everything you're saying. So it's sometimes speaking truth to power, which is easy when you get older. So, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been as good at it when we are in our 20s. But it's speaking truth to power, whether it's the marketing guy, the MD, whatever it may be, and saying, right, you're signing the checks at the end of the day, so we will do what the bloody hell you want. However, that's wrong, and this is the reason why, and this is why you should do this. You're still insisting? Right, we'll go off and do what you want then. Because you're paying. But ultimately, you're paying because I know what I'm talking about. So listen to me. Listen to your customers, because sometimes they don't like to listen to what they're being told. Sometimes customers don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's, it's no. one of Steve Jobs' famous, you know, things about customers don't always know what they want. Because, you know, if you'd asked them in 1850, they said they just want a faster horse. I think that might be Henry Ford. But, you know, would anybody at the end of the 90s have said, what I'd like is something like a big fag packet made out of white plastic that I can all 5,000 on. Mm. Of course they wouldn't. They're fine with the cassettes, the Walkman or, or the Discman or whatever. Nobody wanted an iPod. Well, that that comes back then to uh, not listening to what the customer actually wants, listening to what they want to actually achieve. Yes. We, we've had this exact same conversation today with the client. And again, nobody knows when this was recorded, so I can talk about this. Um, the client wants password-protected pages so that they can have videos on the pages and have them hidden so that people can access them. And then they want to be able to upload... Uh, courses, but they don't know what the courses are going to be, so they want to be able to add PDFs and they want to be able to add PowerPoints. And it's like, that you're telling us you want password-protected pages. That's not necessarily what you actually want. What do you want to achieve? What you Why want to the achieve... password-protected? Exactly. Why the password-protected? What you want to achieve is you want to be able to get video and courses in front of people. Right, yeah. so that's probably not the best way to do that. Let's look at what you want to achieve. It's the same as you said with the faster horse. Mm. If you say what they want, well, I want a faster horse. It's like, no, no, no. What do you want to achieve? I want to be able yeah. to get to the next town as quickly as possible. Right. That may not be a horse then. Yeah. There's this be better. The thing called the car. Yes. The car. It, it's, it's can handle all your problems. It, it's, it's just um, just saying about... Um, what they need and where... Oh, God, I've completely forgot my train of thought. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's... I don't know whether it's old age. I thought it's very warm in here. Um, talking to... Oh, I know what it was. It always annoys me, the... Um, yeah, so we want the brochure available on the website. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, uh, but they can only have it after they put the password... Uh, their email address in. Why? Because we want their email addresses. Why? So we can send them things. So you can spam me. Oh, no, they'll have to tick the box that says that uh, they, they don't mind. It says, you're still in them. Why are you trying to stop people downloading your brew? Or why are you hiding your price list? Our competitors may see it. Mm. Have you got copies of all your competitors' price lists? Of course we have. So much you think they haven't got a copy of yours already? Stop hiding this stuff. Stop trying to get somebody's password, uh, email address before you give them something that might turn them to a customer. Is there value to this brochure? Yes. The value is they buy something. So stop making it hard for them to buy something. Uh, do you remember when there was a fashion... Sorry, I'm off on one now. Remember there was a fashion for splash screens 
you know. Skip intro. If there's any value in this, why do you allow me to skip it? When I go to Marks and Spencer's, does somebody stand at the door and go, I'm sorry, you need to watch this advert before you go any further, sir. Yes, I know you wanted to buy us, you know, buy things from us, but no, you have to do this. I said we got married a couple, uh, well, we had the celebration a couple of weeks ago. So we rented uh, uh, like an old school hall in one of the suburbs of Manchester. So, you know, Victorian 1930s, Pisces, that kind of thing. It was asked for the weekend, decorate, and we had to get a bar in. And I rang a few places, Canvasy, priorities, and I rang a few places. And some of them, they went, yeah, so if we come along, it's £200 for us to come along. I, I'm sorry, let me check this one. You will come to my location and sell beer to people, for which they will pay a markup, not a significant markup, but a markup. Yes. And you want me to pay you for the privilege of doing that. Yes. How does that work, then? You want me to pay you to come and sell stuff to people? No. I mean, the, the guys we went with, it was a very simple, as long as we make 1,200 quid over the bar, it's free, mate. Hmm. I went, yeah. My family's from Yorkshire, mate. That's not going to be a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's it's a simple kind of thing. Why put barriers in place hmm. for people who are interested to buy stuff from you? And I don't get that. I mean, you must have that all the time as well. Yeah, yeah, the, the the splash screen thing. The, yeah. the, I'd, I'd forgotten all about splash screens. That, that Sorry, was, that you're was not going to sleep that, tonight. Are you? That was a blast from the early two thousands. Then that that yeah. Did, oh oh yeah, because because Google loves splash screens and, and and websites made in Flash, which is obviously doesn't exist oh, anymore. But don't don't. That, I'm gonna, that I'm was twitching. a big one. We we've got a client who, and again, I, I won't name them. We've got a client who refuses to put their client logos on their website because they're afraid their competitors will contact their clients. But the clients they've got are people like John Lewis and Marks and Spencers. They're large companies. Exactly. You put those clients on the website, their competitors are not going to go, right, give me the phone, I'm going to get in touch with the boss of Marks and Spencers. Otherwise, that Mr. Lewis. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't work like that. Put your logos on your website. Let other people see the kind of brands you do work for, and then they'll know, oh, wow, these guys are good. These guys are the best. No, 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 no. We don't want our competitors seeing our clients. Well, are you doing a good job or not? If you're doing a good job, what are you worrying about? I mean, if it, you're not doing a good job, don't it, put the bloody it, logo on then and maybe improve your job. In their defence, it is one of those industries where people could get stuff cheaper if they went abroad. If they were going to do that, they'd do that anyway. They, exactly, they'd do that. But there's no way anyone is going to see the logo for Marks & Spencers and get in touch with the decision maker. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. So there's nothing to lose by putting it on there and everything and to there's gain. And everything to gain. Yeah. Exactly. And I've not... People who seem to think, I don't know, uh, the logo... What's the other thing? The logo needs to be bigger. Whoa. Why? Somebody has typed www.yourname.co.uk. They know where they've come. Or they forward a link. They know where they've... You know, oh, I, I, I want more, more bigger logo. Why? I've, I've got a good one for that. Go on. Whenever anyone says, if, if I... Is it fuck off? Uh, <laughs> it, it's a paraphrase of fuck off. Um, yeah. I, I say, right, okay, you, you want the logo bigger. We will make the logo bigger if you can honestly say, hand on heart, you have ever been to anybody's website ever at any time in your entire life and looked at that website and said, I like it, but, but I wish the logo big. was bigger. If you can tell me that in all honesty, then we'll make your logo bigger. Yeah. No one's ever done it. 
And, 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 you know, and you know what? No one ever will, Darren. No one ever will. No one ever will. And the worst thing is the most people who say I want the logos to be bigger, they're the ones with the actually shockingly shit logos. The ones with the good quality brands, they're, they're never obsessed with having the logo bigger because they know the brand speaks for itself. It doesn't need a big feck off logo. So if you want your logo bigger, make your screen size bigger. Look at it on a bigger monitor. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's also... Uh, we could get very poor on ass about this. But he's trying to explain to clients. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mind explaining to clients, but it's when they don't believe me when I explain about responsive websites. So they're going, uh, well, I mean, I had one. Well, we're looking at it in the boardroom on the, uh, the the company TV. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look very. And he's trying to explain that it's not the screen size, it's the resolution, because it literally was. Remember, it was like when we were at school and they'd wheel the TV in. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. And I'm like, well, that's not going to look great because it, it might be physically a big screen, but pixels... Oh, you're just coming up with technical terms now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm trying to explain something. But it, it's trying to explain that, right, at this size, where most people are looking at it, it will do this. Then we do this, and it starts to get a bit smaller, a bit smaller, until it won't really work, and then it'll do this. And that's how it looks at a mobile. No, I don't, I don't want it to do that. I don't want to be bold and overweight, you know. Life's shit sometimes. It, it, it's, I don't mind how we explain anything to anybody. Um, and hopefully in terms they'll understand. Mm. But I've had too many people saying, well, I don't want it to work like that. And I have to explain, well, you need to speak to Bill Gates or you need to speak to somebody at Google about Chrome because that's what, well, I don't like that. We, we had one client and this was probably the most objectionable client we've ever had. Their business didn't last very long, surprisingly. Hmm. We designed, be surprised. We, we designed a website for them, and, and they liked the website, and it was responsive, because so yeah, obviously you know, it had to change on a mobile. And they looked at it on a mobile, and they went, well, why does it do that? Like, what do you mean? Why, why does it look different on the mobile than it does on, on the desktop? It's like, well, because the mobile's something like 360, 400 pixels wide, and the desktop is like 2,400 pixels so, wide. It, it, it changes. changes. Yeah. I want it to look exactly the same on the mobile. What, what, what do you mean exactly the same? I want it to look with the menu down the one side, in the middle, on the left. And it, that's not how mobile websites... No, I want it to look exactly the same. And we had to take the responsive aspect out of the website so that it was essentially a non-responsive website because they insisted Ooh. on it looking like that. And, and they... Still, you're paying myself. I know. I, I, it's just one of those where you just bang your head against the wall and go, yeah. that's what they want. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't want any potential clients for either of us to watch this and go, they're just whinging about things. We're not, <laughs> as, as, we're not just we're, doing we're not, that. No. It's also the, and in the nicest possible sense, education. Hmm. I have, like I say, again, I have no problem explaining anything to anybody in plain English. I, we don't need to, I can explain what a responsive website is without using those words. I can explain why CSS is important, why, you know, that's using Ajax and that isn't, but, and I'll explain it in terms that just make sense to people. But it's when they'll argue and they go, well, dot, 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 I've seen it on that site. And it's like, well, yeah, and there's a very technical reason why it's on that for a start. That's eBay, and their budget's slightly larger than yours. It, it, it's, I think, and this is a problem you alluded to earlier. We don't allude to it. You said, "All right, there are a lot of charlatans, mm. especially in digital. Not so much general marketing, but digital especially. 
because there's still a little bit of, ah, look, look into my eyes, not round the eyes. You know, I'll give you a website and you don't need to understand how it works. I know a guy who used to knock out websites for, for companies for a couple of grand. They're all done in weeks. number of times he used to ring me and go, they want something I can't do. So I'd have to go, all right, mate, uh, send me the link. And I'd have to write an override CSS for it or something. From, so it'd actually work. And he's making a fairly decent living. Until people started asking for, for lots of things that he couldn't actually do because he had no idea. And he was like, they're all shocking. But in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Mm. And that's the problem. And those kind of people have cocked it up for people like me and you to some degree who are good, honest, reliable, you know, will tell you the truth or what can try to blind you with science, what tell you something's possible to get the gig and then go, oh, yeah, it's possible, but it's an extra £20,000. Mm. We'll tell you either it's not possible or actually here's a cheaper way of doing it or are you ridiculous? You don't need that. But too many people, and you've, you've probably lost jobs to this in the past, there'd be somebody's promised them the earth, got the gig, and then afterwards backtracked everything. And you discover, yeah, because you were honest up front and said that wasn't possible, you didn't get the gig. Yes, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, there are people who think a website is a website. And mm. one company charges five grand for it, one company charges 200 quid. Well, I'll go with the one that charges 200 quid. Yeah, there's a reason why there's such a massive gap there. Oh, I get, I get them all the time, and I don't mind. Again, somebody sends me an email going, hi, can you give me a quote for a website? It's like, I'd love to. Can we arrange a phone call or a uh, Teams chat, Zoom, whatever, and I can find out more about what it is you do, about what you want this website to do. Well, can't you just give me a price? For what? And that's the thing. You know, how much is a house? Oh, how many bedrooms? Well, no, no, just give me a price. Stop stop coming out with the, the technical terms. Bedrooms. You know, and it is what it's like. And, and yeah, it winds us up and we're having a laugh and a joke about it. But the problem is, of course, there's too many people out there who'll say, yeah, 500 quid. Who haven't got the first clue about what's re- required. But no. we'll do it for 500 quid. And because they're stupid and only charge 500 quid, they'll cut every single damn corner they can find to justify... I'm only, you know, getting paid 500 quid for this. I'd much rather find out what you're trying to achieve, we, what you're trying to do. We had this exact conversation a couple of months ago with a company that phoned us up. They were recommended by somebody else, and, and she just wanted a price for a website. And we, mm. we said, well, we need to book in a video call with you to go through what it is that you actually need. She said, no, no, I haven't got time for that. I haven't got time for that. Just give me a cost. What's it going to be? We We need to discuss what it is you actually want the website to do so that we can give you the, the proper price for it. No, 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 just give me price. I've been told somebody can do it for this. What can you do it for? And it's like, bye. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yes, value for money is important, especially at the moment, credit crunch and, you know, cost of living crisis. Everybody wants value for money. I'm a Yorkshireman. I get that. I understand that. But it depends whether you want something that will just do a job or something that will help you increase your marketing, uh, increase your sales, will help you, you know, get out there, whether you're e-commerce or whether, you know, or not. And it's just a great brochure site that's advertising your wares and promoting you and encouraging you to, uh, you know, book a call or whatever. It's an investment in your company. And I think too many people see it as a necessary evil without realizing what value it can bring. Hmm. And when it's a necessary evil, you go for the cheapest option 
Yeah. You go for the 500 quid, you know, so-and-so's auntie's nephew's brother can use Wix. You know, I, my cat can probably use Wix and build a half-decent website. Um, people don't value enough, but I think, I can get really deep and meaningful now, people don't value expertise anymore. You know, we could go down a massive rabbit hole here about uh, everyone's an expert on COVID, everyone's an expert on Brexit, everyone's an expert, because they've read something somewhere. They don't necessarily understand it, either whether it's COVID or um, Brexit or whether it's whatever it may be, but they've read three things on Facebook and they think they understand it. They're not just regurgitating what they've read, mm. which if they've read something that's accurate, that's fine. But if they're reading something from a bot or from somebody else talking shite, that's not fine. But nobody values expertise anymore. When you hear people going, please, so-called experts. Yes, they're experts. You know, you, you had Chris Whitty during during the pandemic getting hassle. You know, what does he know? Uh, quite a lot, actually, because it's his field of expertise. We, we seem to have stopped valuing knowledge because everything's accessible. I can look at any single fact in the world now within five seconds. Hmm. Go into Google, find the answer. It doesn't mean I understand it. You know, what's the 15th protein on DNA? Look it up. Doesn't mean I understand how DNA works, but there's too many, there's too much of that, and I think it's trickled into every corner of society, every corner of business, every you know, every element of what we do for a living. Somebody knows that there's a thing on uh, online Canva or something like that that can do design. To some degree, yes, it can, but it's not going to look very good compared to what we'll do for you. Because, hmm. you know, you're not a designer, mate. You know, you're not, you're, you know, you, you build widgets for a living. Do you expect me to suddenly start building widgets because I saw a, I saw something National Geographic about how a widget machine works? No. But everyone thinks they're an expert in everything now. This really has gone down a rabbit hole, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's gone, it's gone quite depressing. Um, <laughs> Should I tell a willy joke for us to finish off with? Yeah, go on. G- give us a knob gag to finish off I with. I can't think of one, actually. <laughs> of all the people, you would be the one who goes, all right, give us a knob gag. I can't, mate. No, it's just, yeah, it's starting to be all doom and gloom. Mm. Uh, it's got very warm in here now. I feel like Steve McQueen in The Great Escape. Yeah, you're in, you know, in the cooler. Yeah, but um, No, I, I, am I hopeful about the future? Isn't the question you asked me, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Um... Yes, <laughs> no, because I think I've just been a bit down and depressing. Mm. I think, I think the tide's turning, and I think people start to value experience a bit more. Uh, I think there's going to be a bit more of a panic for another year or so until things calm down uh, economically, and people will look for buy it high, sell it cheap. And as long as people like me and you don't bow down to that pressure, or are able not to bow down to that pressure, mm. that'll get rid of a lot of the crap in the market. Because people like you now go, well, no, you know, yeah, I can ha- I can do a little bit. I can cut a little bit of this and I can maybe not do that. But this is how much this costs because it's an investment. It's buying a good pair of shoes. It's buying the tailored suit. It's not going to Asda and buying a pair of trainers. You're getting a, you know, you're getting a quality product here and that's worth investing in. And that requires time, money and effort. I mean, I've got clients who seem to think as soon as I say, can I have a website and you agree price, that's it. They don't realise they've got to give something as well. Mm. 
you know, I'd one go and say, I'm practically designing this myself. <laughs> Mate, I asked you to check the words on the page. The words you gave me, I'm asking you to check them. And you've come back with a load of amends. That is not practically designing it yourself. Yeah. But that, that, Can you that, think that, of a gag? Quick. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I could whip something out. Um that, 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 that was all. That was pretty much a positive to end on. You 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 went down again at the end. So you know, dark. You, so you, dark. You went dark. It's black. Yeah. It, black. It, it, yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I think we had better end it here before we we, we all get everybody wanting to jump off cliffs and and quit yeah. quit the marketing industry altogether and go and work in chip shops or something. Although I, I quite fancy a chip shop actually. Um, Did you know there's a guy down my chip shop? Swears is Elvis. <laughs> Have you that, not heard that song? I, Are you too young for that? I am. It's, oh, so there's not a guy in your chip shop swears his Elvis. No, no, no. It's a Kirsty McColl song. Oh, I see. The guy works down the chip shop swears his Elvis. I, I thought you were being serious then. There was a no, guy no, no. down your... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that couple of years, three or four years difference between us made a difference there, didn't it? it? It's an important couple of years. Important couple yeah. of years. Yeah, like, right, I've, yeah. I've, 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 still in his 40s. I've, yeah. I've never seen the Sweeney, for example. Um, so... The Sweeney? <laughs> Not yeah. actually that old, you know. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Professionals all the way. Sweeney, no, no, no. Um, so as, as, as a sort of a wrap-up, if yes. somebody listening to this has decided that, oh, my God, this guy's depressing, but I still want to work with him, <laughs> what, what is the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? Because of the various different hats I wear, it's probably my my personal email address, which I'm hoping you'll put a, you'll splash up on screen. Oh, uh, we, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no website at the moment because I don't use it that much. But if you email me, it's rb. So my initials, Ross Brown, rb at rossbrown.co.uk. Uh, and if you go to that website, you'll find that there's a wedding album up there with a password on it. So don't don't bother right now. Though by the time this comes out, I might go around to build a new website. So yes, rb at rossbrown.co.uk. And yeah, I'm always I'm always happy to chat to people. And, you know, and, and, and so, I mean, so, socials socials is, is is LinkedIn or uh, yeah, LinkedIn. F- find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people are connected to you, we're connected on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Or just you know, Ross. I think. I'm Ross Brown UK, I think is the at the end of mine on LinkedIn. Uh, don't look for me on anything else because uh, I'm too ranty on Twitter for polite audiences uh, and never really use Facebook or Instagram or anything like that because, mm. you know, I've got a life. Um, I I, I, it's only the last six months or so I've just given up on them all. Um, I'm always happy to sit down and chat to people. I mean, the kind of companies I like working with are either SMEs who are, they're known in their industry, but they want to sell to more people, not talk to more people. But what I especially love doing is working with startups. I'm working with a couple at the moment where they've got a great idea and it is one of those, bloody hell, why has no one done that before? And it's kind of helping them to kind of define who they are, hmm. who they're talking to, helps them clarify the business plan to some degree. And then uh, there's one I'm acting as um, sort of the chief marketing officer for the business plan. Uh, and a mutual friend is uh, acting as their chief technical officer just to help get them to a Series A funding. And after that, may still work for them, but it's just helping them get it all together. I can see what's a brilliant idea and helping them take it to get some money for it, basically. So that's always, that's fun. I enjoy doing that. And that's where it helps being a geek who understands what it is they're doing, hmm. but also can see the holes and go, but doesn't so-and-so do that already? Ah, well. 
you know, because <laughs> I know about it, because I, I play with stuff. Yeah. I was playing with concrete CMS today. Have you ever tried that? I've never tried that. Don't. I it's it's very nice, but no. I, I won't. I, I stick, definitely stick to work. You're a WordPress guy. I'm a WordPress guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah stick I mean, to WordPress. I mean, back, back in the day, I built my own CMSs. Mm. Mm. But, you sure. know, that's reinventing wheels now. There's no point to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. I came with Squarespace about 15 years ago. Couldn't find anybody to back me for it. I went, well, it must be a shit idea then. And then Squarespace appeared. I'm like, <sighs> That's pretty much what I did as well. I, it was a, a platform where people could build their own blogs. Yeah. Oh, this is websites, the whole lot, mate. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind it. Unfortunately, we didn't know each other 15, 20 we years ago. No, no, no. no I, I think oh. I did that in 2003. 2005, something like that. Probably about the same, yeah. Yeah. Hand coded well, in VB. Well, you were you Liverpool at the time, were you? No, I was in Cumbrian, South Wales. All oh, right, sorry, I thought you were Liverpool originally. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm definitely Welsh. Are you a taffy? I didn't realise. I, I am. I am. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought you were a scouser. For not, some not far from the River Taff, me. No. Well, because I could have sworn you were a scouser. No, no. I was, Is, you're a Liverpool fan, aren't you? I am a Liverpool fan. Yeah. That might be where I got it from then. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty, dirty red. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, I'm always I love chatting to people, and I'm always happy to point in the right direction. So if I'm not the man to speak to, and I go, well, actually, you need a specialist in SEO, mm. you need to speak to Darren. You know, you know, there's a Venn diagram between what you and I do, but it goes off in different directions. Yeah, um, and so anything more traditional, or is it fair to say anything more strategy consultancy of a general nature? Is more me than you. I would say, yeah. We're yeah. we're strictly online, strictly yeah. online. We we don't do anything yeah. offline at all. Yeah, don't they? Don't insult the host of the podcast. Um, yeah, 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 anybody, yeah. And I'm always it's, happy insult to, me. You, know, you won't jump. be the you won't be the first. You won't be the last. I'm sure I won't. I won't be the, the first one to be edited out either. Um, no, I'm always happy to give somebody 15 minutes on a you know online have a chat, point in the right direction, help them, see if we can do anything for them. You know, if they want to buy me a pint. So much the better, uh, but yeah, I just I like spreading myself around and working with different people. It keeps my brain working, and anything that gets me out of the bloody house, which during the summer's got three kids in it, three cats, a dog, a tortoise, and an occasional wife. Always happy with that one. And what gets you out of the very warm shed? Yeah, I was going to say. When I, by the way, when I say the occasional wife, she's always my wife. She's yeah, just I, only occasionally I, at home. I, I, yeah. I, I knew that's where you were going. I, I yeah, I, I just I, I realised what I just said. I didn't want to pick if, up. If she listens yeah, back yeah. to this, I could be in trouble. Yeah. yeah what do you mean, occasional wife? Yeah. Well, there's these Thursday afternoons where you know I pretend you don't exist. Yes. <laughs> you know those afternoons where I sit on the sofa and just smile to myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least that's where you went with that, and not where I go clubbing. Um, no. <laughs> oh no 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 no! My, my wife is the one who was in the hacienda at fifteen. <laughs> she's a Mancunian so she was doing all the big shapes at 15 right, having it large yeah. when I was I was living in Ilkley in the middle of nowhere yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. right well I, I I think I'd better let you go because yes yes you're, got to. You're, you're very hot in there I'm very hot in here well, yeah, I can't I've, help it down I've, I've got well, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah I, I turn the aircon off for, uh, for recording podcasts otherwise yeah. we could hear it and I melt Yes, so I am doing. Do you, I, 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 I can see. I can see you. You get. Oh well, you, thanks. You, well, you, you've lost. You, you've, you've lost weight, darling. Um, so oh, yeah, darling, you, you. You, yeah. So thank you very much for for appearing. Oh, cheers, mate. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it, been a good chat. We good. haven't had a chance to have a good chat for ages, and we kept it strictly down the line about marketing as well. 
it depends uh, if you, how you edit this, but we, we didn't really, did we? we, we did, it probably won't be edited at all, to be honest with you, other than the... It was cut out, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, strictly down the line... It was five minutes about who? Other than the wibbly-wobbly bit that we did in the middle. Wibbly-wobbly time of Yeah, see what I did there? See what I did there? Oh, boy. Brought it right back around from the beginning. So, thank you very much. Appreciate oh, cheers, you being mate. Out. Cheers. Right. Look after yourself. Speak soon. Thank you.